This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all. And I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of the College Loop Podcast, joined again by Mr. Harrison Tarr. I'm pointing the wrong way. Daniel Locke. And, of course, me as your host, Dylan Lark. We're going to talk a little bit about football today, not as much as we like to, but we have two big games coming up with SEC play starting for both basketball teams. So just getting it started with football, uh, we talked about Hudson Card a little bit in the last episode, talking about quarterbacks that could just be brought in, but Hudson Card just committed to Purdue. So I I think we're all on the speculation that if it's not Spencer Sanders, it's just Robbie Ashford's job, like flat out. Robbie's starting quarterback for Auburn next year. We all agree on that? Yes, but I'm going to bring up two names real fast. I want to know what you guys think. All right, Brennan Armstrong from Virginia. What are we thinking? I knew this was coming. Um, I don't know. The Virginia situation is weird. Um, I mean that in the most respectful way. It would not surprise me for him to withdraw his name from the portal and return to UVA. Uh, and also, at the same time, I think he's got a ton of upside. I don't know if he's SEC ready. And I certainly think that um, I don't I don't I don't know that that's a situation where you waste a year of Robbie Ashford's eligibility. I, I just I don't know if that's necessarily the case there. And like I said, uh, the Virginia situation is as terrible as it was this year. Uh, that That's a pretty tight knit team. And it wouldn't surprise me if Brendan Armstrong was really just kind of testing the waters to see where he was at stock wise right now um, to just return to UVA. And if you see the lights in the background watching Monday Night Football. So <laughs> I think he's on the same lines as Tyler Van Dyke. He was a big time like quarterback for the ACC. Like both those guys were all ACC quarterbacks. Both had a very disappointing 2022 season. 
Bernard Armstrong, I think he has the talent, but I don't think like Quatar said, I don't think he's SEC ready. I don't think he's I don't think he's any better than Robbie Ashford is right now, talent wise. I think especially with the upside you have with Robbie Ashford, I think if you're not gonna get Spencer Sanders, if you're not gonna get Grayson McCall, I think Robbie Ashford is your guy. And the goal should only be picking up older trash quarterbacks who probably are just gonna be there to like help Robbie mold. Not guys you expect to start, just guys who are just looking for to join a team and help mold a young quarterback. But okay, how about I'm, Luke Altmyer? Oh, sorry, Dylan. Oh, I'll talk about Altmyer for a second. Uh, <laughs> I am just going to – no. That's all I'm going to say is uh, no. I have a rebuttal if you have two seconds. Uh, this one would make a little more sense. Uh, if if Altmyer's willing to sit behind Ashford and, and develop – this one make a little more sense eligibility wise. I think that's where it gets cloudy, right? And a little hazy, uh, because I don't necessarily think that Ashford's going to be a two year and then to the, to the draft kind of guy. If he is good, you know, power to him, power to him. You can but, only hope. Yeah, I mean that'd be the best case scenario for Auburn, right? But for sure, this one makes a little more sense. It feels more a little bit like a Finley move, if that makes sense. Um, like adding TJ to that room when Bo Nix was still at Auburn. Um, it, it kind of made a little more sense that way. But uh, also, I'm I'm just not entirely sure that this uh, that the situation at Auburn is what Luke Altmaier is looking for. I would say Altmaier was class 2021, so he's about the same age as Robbie Ashford. Also, if he's he's not going to be willing to sit down, uh, he had to sit a year behind Matt Corral, which obviously why he had to do that. <laughs> and this year, of course, he lost starting job to Jackson Dart. So I think he's not going to be looking at any other place where he's going to compete for any job. He's an Ole Miss guy, so I don't want to say it, but Ole Miss players tend to have a little bit of an ego to them, especially at the quarterback position. Being a bench warmer for another year is not on his radar at all. And to look at other trips. Oh, no, go ahead, Daniel. You got it. Um, I was going to bring up a different guy. If you have anything else to say on Altmaier, say it. Uh, No, on Altmaier. That's all I got to say. Okay. All right. A receiver I really want from the UN Double C Montgomery, Alabama native Grant DeBose. 6'3, 200 pounds. I want this guy bad. I love uh, any read. Run, run by me again. What's his, what's his name? Oh, uh, Grant DeBose. Is he ranked on the 24 7? I just went to transfer portal receivers in red and picked a couple who I thought would make sense. I. Gotcha. I like this fit a lot. Um, I, I heard some rumblings earlier today. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the receiving room probably looks like what it's going to look like right now. Um, I think that we're, we're close on that front. It would make sense. Uh, you could probably restructure a scholarship somewhere else in terms of delegating that elsewhere. And I don't, you can't restructure contracts. That's not the way I meant to sound, but you know what I mean? You could build your roster elsewhere if there was mutual interest. I don't think there's a ton of interest in the freeze camp. So I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily know on that front, but it would, it would make sense. And the frame is chef's kiss. I can throw up another receiver for you, Daniel. How about Dante Thornton from Oregon? Knew this was coming. Um, You bring in a guy like Robbie Asher from Oregon. You send off Bo next to Oregon. And guess what? We're like, you know what? We want a little bit more in the trade. Uh, DJ James got him. Now, how about how about one of your receivers that y'all didn't really utilize that much from a star-studded wide receiver core? You're too busy throwing the ball to tight ends that are literally 37 years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think Dante Thornton's one of 
probably the best available wide receiver besides, I believe, Dante Cephas is his name, who is currently crystal ball to go to Penn State. Now, let's not forget, there's going to be some stuff open up after bowl season. Uh, and, and, Very true. and that's, that's going to wind up shaking things up a little bit. I feel on a scale from one to 10, probably about a six good about this wide receiver room being what it's going to look like come spring ball, at least. And I remember mm-hmm. this will be another wave when kids graduate and they can enter the portal um, and, and, and figure out what that looks like. But I think that we're, we're close. Um, 60% is the best I can give you right now, because in the world of uh, the transfer portal and the NIL, NIL, you never know. Yeah. Trench work will really double tomorrow if it really, if it so insists. Another guy we've been heard of, hearing about is Dylan Johnson, the running back from Mississippi State, who uh, if you've on Twitter at all, you know, he kind of blew up. Because he had a he he's from Mississippi State, so he announced via letter uh, that he's transferring, and he had a little beef with rest in peace Mike Leach, but he had some beef with Coach Leach, saying that Coach Leach didn't think he was tough enough. But Tar told me today that apparently Dylan Johnson is a potential running back pickup after last week, where I said Auburn could be looking towards a running back. Just want to throw it out there. I wanted to talk about this one for, for just one second, and then I'll, I'll let you guys kind of do whatever you need to do after this. Oh, well, I mean, I've got one more guy to talk about before we jump to uh, basketball, but you know what I mean. Uh, Dylan Johnson really hasn't had eye-popping numbers uh, in, in his first few years at, at Mississippi State. I think that there will be interest just because he was a three-star per uh, 24-7 sports, uh, high three-star, 88-3 composite. Uh, he's, he's out of uh, Greenville, Mississippi, so Auburn's local. Uh, it's not far. And, and it, it makes some sense, but at the same time, you know, Daniel and I talked about this last week. I was a little blown away, I guess last week being two days ago, what on Christmas? Uh, <laughs> but I, I would be more surprised uh, to hear Auburn adding running back talent through the portal than I would if there was none. Uh, that being said, this roster has a, needs a ton of work. There's a ton of open scholarships. And uh, I, I guess if, if that's what, what Freeze and Company thinks is in best interest of the program, that's what will happen. Uh, I, I think that certainly if it's going to be within conference, uh, Dylan Johnson to, to Auburn makes a lot of sense. His frame, 6'0", well, 192, uh, I guess that's probably not updated. Let me double check that one more time for you. Let's 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 rock 6'0", 215 since he's been bulked up at, at Mississippi State. That may have a whole lot, lot more sense just looking at his frame. Um, so my apologies for misspeaking there. Uh, runs, behind the, runs behind his pads, kind of a bigger back, which – Tang, uh, excuse me, not Tang, but uh, Jarquez and Damari. I'm still in the Bigsby mindset. But Jarquez and, and Damari Austin really don't have that same edge. So that's an interesting kind of power back concept there. But we don't have enough film. So I don't I don't really know there. It would be interesting to see because Dylan Johnson is currently the second uh, rated running back on uh, 24-7, which I brought up last week with Marshawn Lloyd, who he has a shorter frame. He's more of a bulky guy. He would be more of a power runner as well, just because of how bulky he is. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you get an SEC back, bring him to another SEC school. I mean, he's already built for the SEC. I think Dylan Johnson, I think the the lack of tape comes from him coming from an air raid system. Right. Like, he's not going to be getting, like, 15 carries a game. Especially, he wasn't even the starting running back on the team. That was Jaquavius Burt, or not Jaquavius Burks. Uh, Jaquavius Marks was starting running back from Mississippi State. But, I mean, Dylan Johnson would be a solid pickup. Jarquez would be the starter, but it gives Demari Austin a, another another year to kind of be that guy. But I mean, it it shakes it shakes Freezing up. 
Yeah. Uh, and maybe this could be something with Jeremiah Cobb, picking up another running back. I don't I don't panic yet. Uh, I, I've gi- I've been given no reason to. I'm panic. not panicking, but Auburn has been been <laughs> one with having at least three good running backs per team. Right. So you're like, well, maybe getting Dylan Johnson is maybe it's a little bit of pressure no on need, Jeremiah Cobb. To no sign. need to, to panic yet. But if, if 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 you're okay with, I know that you're the host here, Dylan. I want to I want to roll a little bit here. I did have another transfer target that I wanted to mention while we were kind of on this topic. And and Daniel, if I'm cutting you off, please feel free to jump in because God knows I gave you a fit on Christmas Day and it's my fault and I'm sorry. <laughs> that was the uh, Harrison Tarr episode. It was the Harrison Tarr episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just worried that my Wi-Fi was going to drop any second. I wasn't really worried about <laughs> yeah. I wanted to talk a minute about Jared Kingston out of uh, Washington State. Uh, three-star off, uh, in- inside uh, offensive, ta- uh, offensive lineman. Uh, and obviously does his work on the interior. Six foot five, 300, big boy. Big boy. Uh, and uh, that's what they had him listed at. He's at, They've got him at 6'5", 302 now. So they put a couple extra pounds on him oh, out boy. there in Wazoo. But uh, <laughs> there's a lot of reason to uh, to believe that he's going to be seriously entertaining um, Auburn. Uh, he entered the transfer portal just over just over like a week today, a week ago. I guess when this comes out, a week ago yesterday. But I think that this is an interesting, uh, I guess, perspective because Auburn at this point, if 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 – they land another transfer offensive alignment, which I believe a lot of us think is going to happen. Yep. Freeze and company really meant it when they said they're going to come in and work on the trenches. Yeah. And uh, you give us one line. I'm going to give you another offensive alignment. Uh, one of like, the best rated one available right now is Gunnar Britton, Western, Western Kentucky offensive tackle. I said it last episode, uh, all SEC offensive line <laughs> coming to Auburn. I don't know that Gunnar Britton is 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 serious about Auburn. Probably not. I just was writing down names I was interested in, and and that that's fair. We, that's we, that's why we make a make a big board, right? Uh, yeah. The, the, the long list, not the short list. Uh, I, I just from what I've heard, his camps, I guess nil now. You say his camp, right? Um, his camp's not a ton of interest on the planes. Um, I, I also think that there's some interesting conversation going on with uh, onto victory that we'll have to talk about probably later in the week um, mm-hmm. on on the Thursday episode. But very curious to see where that leads. Also, keep in mind on the victories in its infancy stage, so it's going to play a factor in a lot of these guys. Uh, something to keep a keep a eye out on, um, both on the line perspective, but more so than anything, skill positions. Factual. What about Damian George from Alabama? That's what I'm talking about. We that's a whole other episode. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> I'll throw I'll, I'm gonna throw out two more transfer guys, and it's strictly because I brought on my Syracuse hat for today's episode. Talk about two guys just boost Auburn secondary up a little bit more. Uh, Jahard Carter, four star safety, and one of my favorite names, uh, Deuce Chestnut, cornerback from Syracuse. Great name, uh, outstanding name. Auburn's got dogs. That's where I'm. That's we where do I'm have at. dogs, but Auburn Legion of Boom. <laughs> Hear me Daniel, out. Daniel, please, please feel free to chime in. Here's um, it. Are JD Rhyme and Austin Osbury ready to start right now? Yes. No. Osbury is too. Daniel <laughs> and I are watching different film and reading different things. Uh, and you know what? One of us is going to be right during spring ball. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just gonna have to have a live episode of me and Daniel <laughs> side by side at a <laughs> We'll go live for that game because I'm pretty sure I'm so down. 
we're live on both Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, but I also there's a there's another corner that's ready to play now. Don't get me started. <laughs> He's an early enrollee in the spring. I agree. He's ready to go. <laughs> I can only imagine who he's talking about. He may but, or may not have flipped from a school in the college football playoff right now. All right. Well, to get Tar from talking about that specific cornerback for another 20 minutes, <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to the the another sport going on right now is basketball. And we're going to have to split up. You want to do talk about women's basketball first or men's basketball first? Live, this is the first ever uh, the college loop rock, paper, scissors on air. All right. Well, let's see. All right, Daniel. Winter rock, paper, scissors. Thing. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right. Men's basketball first. All right. Talk about men's basketball. So, SEC play starts for men's basketball on the 28th. That is what? the uh, That is Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It will be at 6 p.m. in Neville Arena. Get your tickets. Number 20, Auburn versus the Florida Gators. Car, what does Auburn need to do to win this game? All right, so first, first things first, before we get into the into the nitty gritty about what Auburn does to to win this game, let's let's get familiar with the opponent, and that's going to play into everything, right? So yeah. Florida is quite middle of the road this year. They're not going to be a tournament team, barring something crazy happening in the SEC, you know, tournament or SEC play. Uh, they're going to probably have to win the SEC tournament in order to go to the big dance. Mm-hmm. Colin Castle, uh, Castleton, who we discussed last episode, has got to be thirty five by now. Um, this is all jokes. But Colin Castleton is the Florida team. Uh, he leads he leads them in uh, points, rebounds, steals, blocks. The only thing he doesn't really lead them in is, is a, in is assists. And at forward, I'd be concerned if you did. Uh, 15.8 points a game, 7.6 rebounds a game. He, he's he's a big dude with a uh, with a frame of shockingly hasn't grown because he's a million years old, 6'11", 240. But he is the Florida, I guess, existence. If you can get Castleton into foul trouble early, this has kind of been the remedy of beating Florida for the past three years. Yeah. And, and and that really hasn't changed much. Uh, like I said, they're 75, really kind of struggling and stumbling their way through their schedule. Uh, it's, I guess it's wide open now, but losses to Florida Atlantic, uh, Xavier, uh, West Virginia, and an absolute blowout. Um, they got... I guess not curb stop, but defeated by 21 points by UConn, um, which one of the best teams in the country. Uh, but lo- losing to Oklahoma, they've really not had any power five impressive, even close games for that matter, really. Uh, and it's going to be tough slay- uh, sled, uh, I guess, tough work for them because it doesn't get any easier when you get into SEC play. Starting off with Auburn has got to be the biggest kick in the teeth you could have from that perspective. <laughs> um, when you flip around to to the Auburn side from from Bruce Pearl's group's perspective we talked about this when we recapped the washington game auburn's coming off of its biggest game its biggest one of the year to this point and that's just a matter of fact i didn't think auburn played all that bad against usc uh they were down wendell greens whatever that looked like uh wendell at the first in the first half of the washington game looked like he was still suffering some injuries and then the second half he was like never mind i'm done being injured and uh you know and for auburn's sake hopefully he has mended back uh but on, on that note, this is going to be a common theme all year about about getting getting right for, for Auburn and making sure you take care of business uh, night in, night out. Uh, and and for that matter, you really don't want to wind up snapping your your perfect streak uh, at home to Florida. Guard play. It's that simple. Um, it, it, it all starts with, with the guard play. Um, Wendell's got to play well. He's got to be able to be confident, step up and shoot the ball. KD's got to not get into foul trouble, not make stupid plays, which has been a struggling point 
to this point in the season for him, really, has been. Uh, Zep Jasper looked like he might have found a little bit of offense against Washington. I'm not holding my breath. When you, when you move to your forwards, uh, you obviously need Flanagan to step up and keep shooting the ball. His broke shot somehow falls. I don't understand. Uh, Jalen Williams is going to be week in and week out my most important player on this team. Uh, Jalen Williams has been the most consistent player next to maybe Chris Moore, which the fact that I'm saying that is just, ah, <laughs> I don't, I, I will don't say if you, if you take out like the Memphis and USC game, I feel like there's an argument for Janai Brew. I'm getting there, I'm getting to Janai, 100% with you, 100% with you. It starts with Jalen Williams though, in my opinion. Offensive. Yeah, no, I agree. And then it does. My next point was going to be Janai Brew, actually. Uh, but you got to let Jalen do his thing. Jalen's got to put shots up. He needs to be putting up seven or eight from the perimeter night. It's I, I'm going to just live that, live by that, and that's how I'm going to where I'm going to stand. Janai Broom needs to be the Janai Broom that we know he can be. Yeah, not he needs that, to be the reason that we brought him here. Like in not the that Memphis or USC bullcrap Janai Broom, where it looks like he doesn't know what's going on around him. Dylan Cardwell's really got to make sure that he's playing that second, I guess second second team uh, big man role the way that he. Showed early this season he's capable of doing. I ate my words at the beginning of this year. Dylan Cardwell, at, in the first six games, was the most improved player on that team. Where that has gone, Dylan's, I guess Zach Blackaby put it to me the best way he possibly could last week. Dylan Cardwell is Dylan Cardwell. And and at some point, you're, you're going to have to live with that. He's he's obviously a spark plug and, and the energy factor, but stay on your feet. Stay on your feet. From Bruce Pearl's perspective, and this is the last piece, and I know we're going to throw it over to Daniel so he can – I don't want to take too much time, and, or I'm going to open up the floor to you guys <laughs> – excuse me – to give your thoughts as well. Timely timeouts. Goodness. Keep the guys fresh. Kill momentum. I know that that's kind of been Bruce's shtick to this point. It's just not going to work with this team. You're going, going to have to have those heat check timeouts. Rotations. Chance Westry can't see the floor. I'm sorry. Uh, Johan's minutes really need to be limited. Um, he shows glimpses and, and both of those guys are going to get better, but you've got to make the right decision right now. And, and you know what, if it's a consequence, you have to pay with the transfer portal at the end of the year, we'll address that when we get there. Right. As long as Auburn plays the brand of basketball, they're capable of playing. I think we learned this past week. This team's maybe a little bit better than we thought they were. Yeah. I think you had every nail on the head right there. If, so you, if you'll be to sum it up for you, uh, what Tar said is keep momentum, don't let Chris, Colin Castleton get hot, and give the ball to your playmakers. And don't foul. Yeah, don't foul. Play better. Play good. Play what we can be. Do the However, Auburn. <laughs> believe in Auburn and love it is what Tar said. Uh, but just before we go to women's basketball, just going to go around the horn here and uh, just everyone – Let's do a let's do a pickums. Let's do a who you're gonna win, who's gonna win, and points. Auburn, Florida. Yes. Auburn, Florida. In the jungle. In the jungle. With the current state of Florida basketball. With the current state of Florida basketball, Tar. What oh, is going to last. be the score? I call last. Daniel, okay, I'll go. Sure. All right, give me Auburn and give me eighty points for the Tigers, and give me sixty-two points for the Gators. That feels right. Actually, no, I take that back. I take that back. Let me keep my Auburn 80, but I'm going to downgrade Florida to 55. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Based on 
I feel like Torrance would have to pick a hundred to zero <laughs> based on his reaction to that. Uh, but I'm gonna go. Let's go with Auburn ninety-five, Florida sixty. Ninety-five, sixty. You think it's gonna be a thirty-five point blowout in an SEC game, dude? I'm I'm with it. I'm I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Colin Castle's gonna score all sixty points for he fouls out. You're probably not wrong there. <laughs> Game lead. I'll, I'll go. I'll give you a little bonus caveat. Side prop. Game leading score is going to be Colin Castleton, followed by Jalen Williams. And Castleton is going to have to have somewhere around twenty to even be in this one. Uh, but guys, you're never going to hear me say Auburn eighty plus in any game this year. <laughs> That's what I was laughing at. I think it's very possible that this is a twenty plus point win. Um, I like Auburn like seventy two fifty eight in that ballpark, a little closer than it probably should be. Uh, I'm probably never going to pick this team to score eighty points. It's just not what they do. And uh, the defense, if if you're racing to seventy every game, really sixty five. If you win the race to sixty five, you're going to win every game. You're going to almost every single time. You're going to win that game. Let me just point out what I tell all of my. Uh, followers on Instagram whenever I make a pick them and I just pick someone to just kill someone. I'm like, maybe my score's wrong, but my heart's in it. <laughs> it's kind of what I wanted to do. So, and just to move it on to women's basketball, uh, Auburn opens up their C play at the Pavilion, which is in Oxford, Mississippi, where they will play Ole Miss. Uh, Auburn has had a good streak of beating Ole Miss as of late, except for in the football game. Uh, but Auburn women's basketball is kind of on a hot streak right now. And I'll open the floor to Daniel to preview this game. Let's do it. So, like you said, Auburn is on a hot streak, having, I believe, seven or eight in a row under their belt. They'll travel over to Oxford on Thursday, tip off at 6 p.m. I think this is an SEC Network game. So, obviously, you have three players to watch for Auburn, Aicha Kulabali, obviously Scott Grayson, and Sidney Shaw. Um, let's see what we got here. Sorry, I was not prepared until I am now prepared. No, not yet. Okay. All right. Yep. No, no. Hold on. Hard talk. Okay, no. Don't don't talk. Okay. Aicha Kulabali <laughs> shooting .429 from the field. Honestly, Scott Grayson .479 from the field. Sidney Shaw .417 from the field. So, keep doing what you're doing. Shoot your threes. Get the ball inside. Don't foul. You'll win. Yep. I muted myself now. <laughs> All right, Daniel, you want to elaborate on any of that? No, I'll let Tar do it. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, cover the bases. I mean, it's it's that yeah. simple. Um, Ole Miss is the most middle of the road SEC women's basketball program you can find. I mean, they are the definition of average. Um, the the problem here is in the years past, and at least recent memory, Auburn's not even been on the same ballpark as average. Yeah, this team's different. This is this is the deepest team that Auburn's had since probably 2008. Statistically, this team is on pace to put up the same numbers that that 2008 31, 31, 32 win team, final four team had. Drop those expectations now. (laughs) (laughs) This this team's very, very young. Uh, The size is not where you want it to be. You don't know about Aisha Kulabali's health and, and the state of her injury, alleged injury, uh, speculation, injury reading between the lines there, but between losing your, I mean, your, your, your probably best player in, 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 in Aisha Koulibaly indefinitely not knowing when she'll return. Uh, Romy Levy's tall. She plays a better forward than she plays a big. Precious Johnson's tall. 
she can't really score inside and she kind of gets foul happy. But this group of freshmen um, and, and that backcourt, and I mean, honestly, Scott Grayson is her. We've known this. Sydney Shaw, and, and y'all can write this down, and I, I'm hoping that when this podcast really kind of, you know, hits the moon, we can look back at this in a couple of years and say, damn, Tar was right. Sydney Shaw might wind up being the best player in the SEC by the end of her, by the end of her tenure here. Best guard, I feel comfortable saying in that conversation, being a, a first-team uh, All-SEC guard. This team can shoot better than te- any team I've seen in, with my own eyes. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, defense is hit and miss. The strategy's there. I mean, like the commitment to to, to pressure defense and 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 switching between that two three zone and and man on man, and and I guess trap defense for that matter is there. Size is a question mark. That being said, I like Auburn to win this one. I really do. All right, and just go around the horn again. Uh, Daniel, who's going to win and points? Auburn, 86 to 75. Feels right. Tar? I like that one. I like Auburn, 84, 77. I'm going to keep it real simple. Auburn, 80, 70. little 10-point win. I like that. I like that. But with that, look out for the Tigers to go – 1-0 on the 28th and 1-0 on the 29th uh, as they open up SEC play, hopefully starting undefeated in SEC play. So with that, that ends today's episode of the College Loop Podcast. Thank you all for listening. I am Dylan Lark, at your boy the tank on Twitter. To my left is... Harrison Tarr, the Auburn Daily, at by Harrison Tarr on Twitter. And below us is... Daniel Locke, at the Daniel J. Locke, at Daniel J. Locke. Can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And that's been the Cogloop Podcast. Thank y'all.